Good morning, City Church. It's great to be with you this morning. My name is Steve and I'm one of the leaders at the Ark Church in Huddersfield and part of the Christ Central Apostolic Team that both our churches belong to. And it's a great uh, privilege, a joy for me to be with you this morning and to bring God's word to you. And the particular word that God has put on my heart for you this morning as I've been thinking and praying for you is a few verses from Mark's gospel, right towards the beginning of Mark's gospel in Mark chapter 1 and verse 16 through to verse 20. Mark 1 verse 16 to 20 and it says this, as he was going along by the sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew the brother of Simon, cast in a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. Going on a little further, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were also in the boat, mending the nets. Immediately he called them. And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired servants and went away to follow him. And this passage uh, brings up lots of memories to me, which I'll speak about in a few moments. But I felt that God was drawing me to this passage for you to say to you, City Church, I am calling you to a season of fishing for men and women, a new season of fruitfulness. Follow me, the Lord is saying to you. Be with me. Uh, Be living for me. Follow me and you will see me open the hearts of people amongst you and you will enjoy the fruit of salvation in these days. And uh, this passage, I love this this passage. It's about Jesus's first encounter with those that were to become his disciples. Uh, these guys were on a beach. They were um, rough fishermen, if you like. Um, and I've got a bit of history with rough fishermen. Uh, when I was a kid, I grew up in Barnsley, just up the road from where most of you probably live in Sheffield and uh, my dad my mum and dad they ran a a pub there a public house I grew up in a pub rumour has it that my mum used to put a few drops of Tetley's Bitter in my bottle when I was a a, a baby hence I grew up with a a love of a nice beer Um, but one of the great things that my dad did uh, as a pub landlord he used to organise community social events uh, for the customers and the people in the neighbourhood And one of the things he did was organise a a sea angling club, a sea fishing club. And uh, every Saturday morning in the summer, um, sometimes on other days as well, a couple of big coaches would pull up in the car park of the pub about six o'clock in the morning or earlier. And all these guys, usually guys, there were sometimes some ladies, but usually guys would pile onto the coaches uh, for the two hour uh, journey to the North Yorkshire coast, usually to Whitby or Bridlington. And there we would embark on, on boats. Uh, big boats uh, holding about 16, 
people, 16 anglers, and we would go off uh, sea angling. And uh, it was great. I used to go from the age of about eight or nine, I think. My dad used to take me along. And um, I always remember one of the first times that I went along. And uh, sadly, when we got to uh, Bridlington, uh, the weather was not very good. It was really foggy. And uh, we set out on the boats hoping it would clear, but it didn't clear. And the, the skippers, these rough uh, Yorkshire fishermen, um, they they couldn't take us out very far. So we were just in the bay, Bridlington Bay, and we weren't very far from the shore, even though we couldn't see the shore because of the fog. And uh, the water was very shallow. Normally we'd go miles off coast and fish over the wrecks in deep water. But here we were, very shallow uh, water, and there wasn't much prospect of catching any fish at all, really. Uh, most of the guys, after 20, 30 minutes or so on the boat I was on, they'd given up and they were just sat sleeping or eating sandwiches or smoking or something. But I was, I think it was about nine or 10. I was very keen, hadn't been out fishing very often. So I was there with my rod and line. I was the only one on the boat in the end. Everybody else had given up saying this was useless. Why don't we just go back uh, and pack it in for the day? But I was dead keen and I was there, you know, with my rod and my line. And then I, all of a sudden I felt this very heavy weight uh, on my line and started to reel it in. It didn't come up very easily, but it wasn't very far because the water was shallow. And at the end of my line on the hook was this massive big place. A place is a, is a flat fish and it's got one side is pure white and the other side is sort of brown with big orange spots. And as this fish came out, out of the water, I was absolutely gobsmacked. And uh, my dad saw it. He helped me to lift it. It was too heavy for me to lift into the boat. And, um, all these guys watched as this great big place was lifted into the boat and it just brought absolute excitement onto the, the boat. I was, I was so excited, exhilarated, uh, full of joy at what was happening. And all these guys got excited and they got hold of their rods and they started fishing again, thinking, wow, if there's one big fish down there, there must be more than that. And, uh, uh, I got my line in the water again. Nobody else caught anything, but, I started to reel in. I felt something on my line again, reeled in. And yet there again was another one, another massive, great big place. And my dad helped me get that one in. And all the guys were saying, why is he catching the fish and we're not? What's going on? Uh, and after another couple of hours, nobody had caught a fish. Uh, we went back in. I was the only <laughs> little guy who caught two fish that day, two great big fish. Uh, and there's still a picture in the family somewhere of me standing proudly uh, holding them. Um, I always remember that. And I remember uh, the joy and the exaltation of that occasion. And when I read passages like this, where here and in, in other places in the Bible, the scriptures use this idea of, of catching men, catching women, and the joy that comes with that. I think of that passage in Luke uh, 15, where Jesus tells the story of uh, the lost coin and the lost sheep. And he says that, uh, let me tell you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. When someone is saved, when, when disciples who are engaged in fishing for men uh, have the fruit of a catch of salvation, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God. And that sort of joy 
uh, that sort of joy of seeing someone become a Christian, um, it always reminds me of the joy of the catch, if you like. Um, I've been fortunate and blessed over the years to to be there when many people have prayed a prayer of salvation, when many people have become uh, Christians. And uh, let me tell you, the joy and the exultation is far greater than actually uh, when you're fishing. But it's it's a similar um, excitement of the wonder of of what is happening. And it's an amazing feeling. And it's the sort of thing that we should all experience in the church. It's the sort of thing that the church should experience. In Acts chapter two, it, we're told that the Lord added to their number daily those who, who were being saved. That rejoicing, that, that joy from heaven should be casca- cascading down into the church every day. That's what it means to be a New Testament church. And hey, we're not seeing that, but that's my hope. And that's my prayer. The Lord adding to our number daily those who are being saved. So if we're making this sort of connection, which Jesus did, he said to these fishermen who've been catching fish, come with me and catch some men and some women. Uh, Come with me and follow me. And that's what we're going to do. How do we fish successfully in our day for men and women? How How do we do that? Well, again, thinking back to when I was a kid and uh, my dad taking me fishing, there's there's some clues there. You see, my dad, um, even though I won on that particular day that I've told you about, my dad was the champion fisherman. Every year, he always won the trophy for the most successful fisherman that year. And um, he had several things that he would say were his secrets. But his main thing, he always used to say to me, The knack is to attract the fish to your line, attract the fish to you as opposed to the others. Because when you're on a boat crowded with sort of 16 anglers or so, there's 16 lines in the water. There's only a few fish down there. The key, he would say, is to attract the fish onto your line, onto your hook. And the way he used to do that, you may know that fishermen sometimes put different colored feathers on their hook so that they flash in the water. But my dad used to go a step further than that. Before he went, I always would remember on the day before we went fishing, he'd be in the kitchen and he'd pinch my mum's uh, bako foil, um, foil that would he would attach to the lines. And then when the line was in the water, that would dazzle and sparkle and be, he would say, he said he would draw the fish to his line. And you know, the scriptures tell us that as believers, those of us who are walking with Jesus, we are to shine in the dark situations that we find ourselves in. We are to be lights that shine in the dark world in which we live. In uh, Isaiah and chapter 60 in the Old Testament, the prophet says, arise, shine, your light has come. Because Jesus has come, because Jesus is with us, we are to step up, we're to arise and we're to shine in the darkness. In Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16, Jesus says this, Matthew 5 and verse 16, Jesus says, Let your light shine before men 
in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Let your light shine before men. We're to let Jesus shine out of us before men and women that we live amongst, that we work amongst, on our streets, in our workplace, wherever we go. We are to live lives that attract people to Jesus. The Apostle Paul picks up on this when he's writing to the church in Philippi, Philippi in Philippians chapter 2. He says that we are to, um, we are to live blameless and pure lives and shine among them, among other people. We're to shine among them like um, lights or stars in the sky. We're to shine like stars do in the sky on a dark night. And the key there is, as, as Jesus says, we're to live out our lives before people. And Paul says we are to live among them and shine like stars. We're to be among people. We're to be before people. This is not about being in the church. Yes, it's good to be in a church. I thoroughly encourage, if you're not part of a local church, you're listening to this, be part of a local church and encourage one another and be encouraged there. Love one another and be loved there. Support and serve and honour and bless one another within the local church. But the scriptures make it very clear. We are to be before other people outside the church. We are to be amongst other people. And that's where we let the light of shine, light of Christ shine through us among people, before people. And Jesus sends us out into the world. He uses this analogy of fishing for men. There are many other analogies in the New Testament. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul says that uh, we are ambassadors for Christ. There's another picture. Um, 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 20. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were making an appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. So we're like fishermen who attract people to Christ by the way that we live our lives. And then we are to be like ambassadors representing Christ and sent amongst people with a message. And that message, as 2 Corinthians 5 makes it very clear, is a message of reconciliation, a message of getting right with God. Or as they would say up in Barnsley, get this end right with God, get right with God, get yourself right with God, be reconciled to God. And if you're listening this morning to this and uh, you know that you're not reconciled to God, you know that you're, you're not a Christian, that you haven't made that personal response to him, that you haven't said sorry for your sin and you haven't recognised the fact that he sent Jesus to die on a cross for you to pay the price for your sin. If you're not reconciled to God, then as Paul did, to the church in Corinth, I want to appeal to you right now. I want to urge you this morning to be reconciled with God. Get right with God. Just speak to him this morning. Pray. Say, God, I'm sorry. 
God, come into my life. Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me. Let me know forgiveness for the things that I've done wrong. And Jesus, I give my life to you. I appeal to you. I urge you, get right with God. Now, getting back to our passage of the disciples on the beach in Mark's gospel, fishing back then was different from uh, guys fishing on a boat with rods and lines and hooks. Fishing in biblical times when Jesus was walking on the, the beach of the Sea of Galilee, it was a community activity where they would fish with nets and they needed a few people to, to handle the nets. It was a community activity. And even once fish had been caught, um, preparing those fish for market and salting them, drying them, um, it was a, a community thing that whole families and communities would be involved in. It was using nets, not rods. And that's encouraging for us. In our churches, most of us are in churches that are, uh, we meet in, in groups, in midweek groups or in Sheffield. I know that you are in hubs now, different hubs of groups of people, perhaps with a, a community focus or a particular part of the city. It's, an, um, it's a fantastic opportunity to do some community fishing, some family fishing, not to be an individual, if you like, with the equivalent of a rod and line doing it on your own, but to fish together to evangelise the areas, the streets, the communities where you live together. You know, one of the best things that you can do um, to win people for Christ, well, a couple of things. Firstly, to pray, to pray for those who do not yet believe and to pray with brothers and sisters in a, in a group together and, and bring people's names before God and just pray that God will open their hearts. But another great thing to do is actually to introduce your unbelieving friends to other Christians in the church. So people who don't yet know Christ, but, but they know you, will get to know other Christians as well. And maybe it'll be something that they say or something that they have in common with that person that will just be the key thing that unlocks their hard heart so that God can bring his life into their heart. Community evangelism, doing it together, sharing contact, sharing friends, doing social things together. Hey, I know it's not easy at the moment as we're still in lockdown with all the restrictions, but hey, there's lots of things that you can do online. Do it with brothers and sisters in the church, but invite uh, your friends, your neighbours, your work colleagues into things online, whether it's quiz nights or social events. We've got an event next week where we're we're eating a meal uh, in our homes on our own. But as a, as, a, as a group, as a midweek group, we'll be eating, but we'll be doing it together, if you like, through Zoom as we eat. It's, it's a little bit off-putting at times, eating on camera. But hey, we've done it a few times and it works. It's great. You know, bring your unbelieving friends into that sort of atmosphere. So uh, I'm praying for you, City Church. I believe God is, is encouraging you, wants to encourage you in these things and to believe for fruit in these days. The Lord is saying, follow me, follow me closely and I will make you fishers of men and women in your day. 
Let's just finish with prayer together. Father God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the scriptures. Thank you that in them is everything that we need to live our lives as you would have us live them. And we thank you for this, these few words this morning that encourage us to think about fishing for men and women, uh, drawing people into your kingdom, attracting people by the way that we live our lives. And God, I pray for everyone listening uh, this morning. I pray for those who are outside of the local church who may be watching this morning or on some other occasion. I pray for those who don't yet know you, Lord. God, that you would open their hearts and they were determined to find out more about you. And God, I pray for all those in the church this morning, all those who believe, um, all the, the wonderful uh, people in City Church. God, I pray you would give them great adventures in evangelism. God, I pray you would bring the joy of salvation into the church, into their small groups, into their homes, into their hubs, these new hubs. God, uh, make them into amazing fishing communities where people can see Christians living their lives, shining like lights in the darkness and winning opportunities to speak about you and to share the good news of salvation, which is a power for the salvation of all who believe. Lord, we thank you uh, for these opportunities that you give us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And uh, God be with you in these days.